Friday, August 18th. We're getting closer and closer and closer to... Yes, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's coming. Football is on its way. I am ready. I'm ready. You're ready. We're all ready together. Thank you for being with me here once again. It's the Damon Bruce Show on Damon Bruce Plus. It is wonderful to have you along. And let me just tell you, Kyle Shanahan is often misinterpreted. You know, he is kind of an easy guy to read, although he's also a statesman and he can filibuster an answer. And there is no doubt that Kyle can sound like he's really given a really good answer where he's sort of dancing around the subject. There's a lot of different things. And as I've told you this week, as we've kind of talked about already, forget about what Kyle says. Stop trying to write a think piece about a singular thought that might be coming out. There's really not an awful lot there to interpret what can be not just interpreted, but seen as evidence of what he really thinks about anything is on the field. Tape don't lie. So it can, you know, as we've learned that it's going to be Sam Darnold in the first half against the Denver Broncos, followed by Trey Lance thereafter, what, saving him for second quarter, second half. We'll, we'll see it all unfold. Who gets snaps when they get their snaps coming up Saturday? 5.30 kickoff, by the way, for the 49ers and Broncos. So think of it as a night game because it is kind of. Um, It can be completely not interpreted, but proven beyond the shadow of the doubt. Like what message is Kyle Shanahan sending? Well, he's certainly sending the message that the public will not be consulted about this quarterbacking situation. And I know that there are several radio hosts who want to think that their words matter, and a lot of people think that if they put enough out there, it'll really change the way Kyle might feel or think about something. Nothing could be further from the truth. Kyle is not even interested in fan feedback and media feedback. He's not interested in doing what would be, I don't know, right to a very curious home crowd who is invested in Trey Lance, certainly more than Sam Darnold. You'd think that maybe he'd throw the home crowd a bone by starting Trey Lance? No. No. Kyle's got a job to do, and he is just in the business of evaluating the quarterbacks that he has to win this season. He's made up his mind. Brock Purdy gives him the best chance to win regular season games, and that's because Brock Purdy has won regular season games for Kyle Shanahan. Now, Sam Darnold, your turn. And that's what this is all about. You know, we know that Trey was put in a bad situation uh, last week, just in terms of the entire team in front of him failing to execute. The, The situation that Trey found himself in in that slow start in Las Vegas wasn't just his fault. That is one thing that Kyle said, and I, I would agree with that. There was failure around him. But when you are supposed to be a true NFL starter overcoming the failures around you to look better or more comfortable at the very least is something that is an expectation in year three of a career, no matter how much you played, right? Um, There is the JT O'Sullivan quarterbacking school video that I I suggest you watch, whether you're a Trey Lance fan, detractor, and again, Kyle doesn't care how you feel about it, and JT O'Sullivan, I don't think, is trying to set an agenda or create a talking point. He's just looking at film and quarterback play under film study. And J.T. O'Sullivan quickly shows you that even as things are wrong around Trey Lance, the most wrong around Trey Lance is what is going on, how he's processing the game, how 
you know, wide open at North Dakota State isn't exactly wide open in the NFL. It's a small, small windows are still to be interpreted as wide open. And that's something that Trey has to get used to doing. This is all about turns. Sam Darnold, this is a big turn for Sam Darnold. And then when Trey Lance does come into the game, it's also a big turn. And I'm not saying he's running out of turns, but eventually these turns got to look better than they have looked, and he's just got to force it. And Trey, when it's your turn again, it matters. It matters. Now, I want to, uh, before we go any further, thank from the deepest place in my heart. Our sponsors, which uh, I, I I absolutely, I know I suggested I might get an Ike sandwich today. It's a Friday. I'm getting an Ike sandwich. I, I'm going to get myself an Ike's today. I think I'm going to go with both the new offerings, baby. Uh, I am an Ike's reward member. You should be too. Make sure you sign up for the app. It gets delivered to you. And I am going to get the Arrow and the Florin, I believe. Yes, there will be a vegetarian sandwich coming to the house. And Jillian is upstairs, so we're going to try it. She's curious too. Uh, it's a Friday night, which means, yes, there will be some black and whiskey happening. I'm looking forward to a little black and whiskey on a Friday night. You should be too. Pick yourself up a bottle of black and whiskey at BevMo or wherever you shop for your fine liqueur. And when you are in the inner rich, get yourself to Uncle Boy's. We love Uncle Boy's around here. We love Uncle Boy's. And you will too get a burger, get the lumpia, get yourself the onion rings, and you got a good burger to head home with. It's a great place to pick up a burger on your way home around San Francisco, a San Francisco original. Get yourself to Uncle Boy's. Love our sponsors. Again, Blacken, no whiskey pulls. I've got a, a few things to do after the show today, so I can't can't be a whiskey pull Friday. Uh, but it is going to be a delicious Ike's Friday. We will send sexy sandwich pictures sandwich pictures uh, over various forms of the interwebs because that's what we like to do post game and damon is officially returning on saturday i am really looking forward to it really looking forward to it you know when i broke into the market it was on knbr back in 2005 by 2006 season i was doing 49er pre and post game did it so many shows from Candlestick. I missed that place. I knew I was going to miss that place. Even it was a dump and we were looking at it. I was like, this beautiful, cockeyed, funny-looking masterpiece has had so much NFL history written on its field. Ah, oh, the memories just kind of came up off the grass at Candlestick. They really, really did. I'm going to miss it forever. Some of the most fun I've ever had on the air was as pre or post game host of the San Francisco 49ers. And even though it is in unofficial fashion, I want to welcome you back to post game and Damon starting Saturday after the Broncos. We'll get going right at the two minute warning because outcomes really do not matter. We will know all we need to know by the two minute warning. So at the two minute warning, uh, come over here to the plus Damon Bruce plus subscribe notify yourself that we're going live because that is the post game show i hope you will be choosing not just through the preseason but obviously through the regular season and post season throughout we will be live after every single 49er post game show after every single 49er game we'll be doing a post game show be here for it i'm looking forward to it some of the most fun i've ever had talking sports it's going to basically be like a post-game show and Club Plus all rolled into one. There probably will be whiskey. 
we're going to we're, we're going to put it all out there baby <sighs> sip of the day that was official it's sip of the day sip of the day i don't i i saw some bets coming in i tried to not pay attention to the time uh, you, you shouldn't let me know about it. Like I'm the anthem singer that will rig the length of the anthem to hit the over. So don't let me know the time chat amongst yourselves, <laughs> but there you go. Your first official sip of the day. And man, I'm really looking forward to doing 49er post game again with you unofficially. I got a hair that is like dangling off the end of my glasses and it's driving me. Now I'm hitting the, the microphone. It's a Friday. To Friday. Remember Trey Lance's rookie year? And, you know, as I think about what this team could possibly look like if they really were to carry three quarterbacks into the regular season. Do you remember how everyone talked about the Trey package? The Trey Lance package that Kyle Shanahan was going to bake into his offense that was going to be the change-up to the 49er normal offense fastball. It would just create a different look. It would be different than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, look, Brock Purdy, I think, is even more of an athlete than than Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock Purdy's got the crazy squabbles about him when it comes to eluding pressure and rolling out of the pocket. Um, I, I saw that guy running for his life, and and he survived because he's a, got a little bit more wiggle on him than you would think. But this is what Trey Lance was drafted to be, this big, dynamic, multiple-pronged, triple-threat, double-threat you know, quarterback. And I, I don't know if he's that yet. Again, it's time for him to put it on tape and look good and comfortable just in the offense. But what if I told you that this year, the quarterback, starting quarterback was Brock Purdy, followed by your official backup quarterback was Sam Darnold. But Trey Lance remains on this team. And the Trey Lance package that you thought you might see during his rookie year never really materialized, maybe that would be a little bit of a wrinkle. Again, the change up to the 49ers normal offense is fastball. And when you do that, you wouldn't be risking the guy that you would think might be your backup quarterback in Darnold. So it just gives you a different lever to pull. Again, I'm trying to think of how it all fits together if they're all kept together. It's a fascinating roster construction study that the Niners must decide upon before this year begins. It's going to be really interesting. You know, if Trey is a starter, if, if in your mind, you know, Kyle has missed something and you think that Trey should start right now, look, he should look superior against the brand of player the Denver Broncos will have at the start of the third quarter Saturday night at Levi Stadium. It should be a time for him to shine. He doesn't, I think we could all agree upon this, he doesn't have much more time to be dimly lit. It's time for him to shine. I hope he does. There is a role for him on the 49ers this year. I know it. What will that role be? How could that role change throughout the year? Look, the 49ers are a QB injury away from reshuffling the deck at all times. We know that. So I think Kyle Shanahan has been once bitten and is now twice shy about that. 
I don't think Kyle has any agenda or want or desire for anyone to perform well under any circumstances other than, hey, should I need to call upon them, they're going to go in there and execute the game plan. I don't think Kyle wants Trey to play well to show that he is good trade bait. I think Kyle is close enough to an NFL season where he's only seeing this season through the prism of what can this guy do for me, not anyone else. I'm ready. I'm ready. So the San Francisco Giants start a Hell's Kitchen stretch of their season. Here we go. Three with the Braves in Atlanta. Three with the Phillies in Philadelphia. Then you come home for three more with the Braves at 24 Willie Mays Plaza. Man, the Braves are really good. And tonight you get the best version of the Braves because they are sending the guy who is probably going to win the Cy Young in the National League, Spencer Strider, to the mound against Alex Cobb, who's certainly been a bright spot for the Giants, but a struggling offense probably doesn't want to see Spencer Strider, who leads baseball with 217 strikeouts. He's tied for the major league lead in wins. This is Cy Young stuff that he is putting up. Ronald Acuna is a hitting machine carrying one of the best averages, if not the second best average in all of baseball. The last time I looked, he's definitely a base stealing machine leading major league baseball in stolen bases. Matt Olson has gone on a tear that has seen him go rocketing past Shohei Otani. Certainly in RBI, he is the major league RBI leader because he is the major league home run leader. Matt Olson is mashing right now. You got Austin Riley, who, if you sat around, and talk about the Atlanta Braves. You might not even bring up Austin Riley. This guy is playing third base like freaking Wade Boggs, man. He's really good over at third base. He's got 29 home runs. This is this is this is a kid who can play. So uh th- how about this? He's the best third baseman they've had since Chipper Jones. And I said Chipper Jones in Atlanta. Mm, you know, like it dropped that to that perfect one degree in temperature that makes coffee go from really, really good to very good to perfect. I must be sipping at about 182 degrees right here. I don't know, but uh, maybe that's even a little hot. You wanted to come down, maybe 160s. I should temp it right now. I should keep a, a digital thermometer and be really scientific with sip of the day temperatures and numbers so we know where that sweet spot is. Meanwhile, the Giants offense cannot find the sweet spot. I wish them luck against the slugging Atlanta Braves. Very, very moment of truth week and a half of baseball here for the San Francisco Giants after they just got read, let's call it a riot act by the Tampa Bay Rays, who looked a lot better, a lot better. I saw some news about NCAA conference realignment that is specific to the Bay Area, which is obviously where we're all eating. Uh, Oregon State wants to keep the Pac-12 together and rebuild the conference. Washington State, let's call them the states. The states kind of want to keep the four schools together best they can, see how they can rebuild. Cal and Stanford aren't as excited about that deal. Obviously, they sort of said if the ACC makes an overture to us, 
We will consider ACC entry. Well, the ACC thought about Cal and Stanford and basically said, we're good. Nah, a little too far. Little brand of uncompetitive. You know, do Cal and Stanford instantly add some academic credibility to the ACC? The answer is yes. I mean, Cal and Stanford are the two schools that would add even further academic credibility to the Ivy League. That's the kind of universities we're talking about. But when it comes to uh, half-empty stadiums watching football, unfortunately, Cal and Stanford are, are leading the Pac-12 in that more often than not. The former conference known as Pac-12, the artist formerly known as Pac-12, is that what we call it now? It's like when Prince came out with the symbol. Apparently, the ACC is not that interested. So Cal and Stanford and the states, you might have to rebuild unless you figure something out. Uh, Condoleezza Rice even reached out to the ACC on behalf of her alma mater, Stanford. I guess President George W. Bush did the same for Southern Methodist University. His wife went to Southern Methodist. Barbara died in 2018. But you know, I guess uh, a man who went to Yale isn't going to get out Texas. <laughs> Um, what's that call? Uh, this is a really bad Dana Carvey version of a bad George Bush impression. Uh, Barbara, Barbara's last words where she hoped SMU got to the ACC one day. <laughs> uh, how's that call go? All due respect to Dana Carvey. Sorry there. How's that phone call sound? Ghostangs. Red ponies. It's a Saturday Night Live skit. Condoleezza Rice is calls for Stanford to join the ACC and and George Bush's calls to get Southern Methodist in the ACC. That's that's Saturday Night Live waiting to happen. I saw in NBA news, it's really not NBA news, it's NBA conversation, conjecture, rumor, you know, we got schedules coming out and there are podcasts and columns dropping about how this schedule is going to, this is, the Lakers got a break, the Warriors got a tough, the da 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 you know, relax, it's an NBA season, it'll figure itself out. It's too far away to start being worried about the NBA, but it's coming. Uh, Andre Guadala on the Gilbert Arenas podcast with uh, Josiah Johnson, the king of Twitter. Uh, he was talking about how uh, Andre Iguodala was saying that Jordan Poole is going to have a hell of a year coming up. Like he got 20 in a down year, in a rough year, in an embarrassing, everybody blaming him for everything going wrong year. And he still got you 20, which was kind of the point that I was making. Like whether you like him or not, this kid can play in some ways. Uh, Andre Iguodala says Jordan Poole is going to get 30 a night at home in Washington. And one of the reasons he gave was all the baddies in the stands. I'm quoting him directly. The baddies in the stands are going to bring out the very best in Jordan Poole. So there you go. Uh, as it was brought up, Chocolate City. DC is going to be good for Jordan Poole. I, I'm rooting for him, man. The Wizards are officially about to wear the crown of my favorite bad basketball team to watch. I usually have one of those a year. 
Who's a team that's not very good, but they're going to kind of be fun to watch because I'm interested in them for some weird reason. Ta-da! Washington Wizards finally get the crown. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many years the Chicago Bulls have worn that crown. Uh, one last thing this afternoon, and to let everyone know where I'm coming from so there's absolutely no question about any journalistic integrity when it comes to the Indiana Hoosiers. I have absolutely none. Let's go Hoosiers. Let's go Hoosiers. Mike Woodson gets paid. I like it. Indiana's 44 and 26 uh, under Mike Woodson over the past two years. It's not a great number, but it's a better number than just about anybody before them put up in a two-year span. Uh, Indiana's been in the NCAA tournament two years in a row. The fact that I'm bragging about that means things have not been good around here lately. He's getting a $1 million annual raise. IU announced that Woody's new average salary of $4.2 million makes him one of the Big Ten's three highest paid coaches. Michigan State's Tom Izzo is ringing that register. He's getting $6.2 million a year on a five-year contract that he reached back in uh, August of 2002. So Mike Woodson is now north of $4 million. He's going to get, what, to five, to six, to seven because it goes up annually by a million. So he'll be worth it by then. And I'm just telling you right now, I doubted the hire. I'll be completely honest. I thought Mike Woodson, a little bit too much NBA, a little just not recruiting ready. He might be a good X's and O's coach. He might speak the language of modern basketball, but is he going to speak the language that is going to fall on the ears of young recruits? And the answer is yes, Mike Woodson's a hell of a recruiter. Indiana's got a great recruiting class coming in. They're trying to set up another big one for this news to come out on Woody. Right before September rolls in, all your five stars and four stars are going to try to show up to get to homecoming when there's not a lot of football going on there. So, uh, you know, come on in and take a look at the, the, this is good news to get before high profile recruits get to campus. That happens in September. Woodson is deep, deep in IU recruiting for four, five stars across the board. Like no other real Indiana coach has ever been like Bob Knight would land some McDonald's all Americans, but they were far and few between. And then he'd get angry at Luke Recker and want him off the team, chase him away. Uh, Woody knows talent. He knows how to go get it. He is basically recruiting from New York city down to the tip of Florida. Uh, he is, he's, he's turning the, the Midwest and that Eastern seaboard into very fertile IU recruiting ground. We're not trying to draw a 500 mile radius around Indianapolis and just recruit there, which look, if you can get all the talent right there in that radius, you can win national championships with just that talent. That's how much talent is in the state of Indiana, but to have all sorts of, you know, real five-star NBA-level talent that would just be, you know, off to Kentucky. Now, considering Woody and the Indiana program a great place to get ready for the next step because Indiana is sending kids now to the NBA, I like it. I like it. This is better than it was under Crean. It was better than it was under Kelvin Sampson, obviously. We shouldn't even talk about him. And it's better than it is under Archie Miller uh, than it was under Archie Miller. I, I am really happy. Mike Woodson, congrats on your raise. Go get him. I am, again, a lot of unbiased opinion right here. Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson will be the man to deliver Indiana's sixth national championship. I believe that. Go get him, Woody.
and head to the IU Credit Union with a big smile on your face. Right there. What, across 17th and Indiana, they still got the credit union right there? That ATM is going to be firing for Mike Woodson. Ba-bam, ba-bam, ba-bam. Credit union. <laughs> I, I, I probably still have an IU Credit Union account with like 24 bucks in it. I'll come back. I'll take it to Dave's Convenient. I'll get a meatloaf sandwich. I know what to do. I know what to do, Bloomington. So there you go. That concludes the Indiana portion of the show so the candy stripes can come off. Uh, I want to, before we get into Club Plus, remind you or let you know, this isn't a reminder, this is breaking news. Uh, A little later this afternoon, I am taping a uh, conversation with Mark Adams from 49ers Web Zone. We're, of course, going to talk about what uh, we want to see when the Denver Broncos come rolling in. But he is now serving up a podcast series that is called The Hall of Fame Case for Roger Craig. I have always stumped for Roger Craig. I'm certainly interested in the podcast. And we're going to bring that conversation to you a little bit later on. A Home and Home with Larry Kruger should be posting, dropping like a new album later on tonight. Larry and I are going to get you ready, tell you where your eyeballs should be in the 49ers and Broncos game coming up on Saturday, 5.30 kickoff from Levi Stadium. And when we reach the two-minute warning, I want you to reach for YouTube, click on the plus, because I will be live post-game and Damon is returning triumphantly right after 49ers and Broncos wrap up. Join me at the two-minute warning. We're just going to hop right in. So thank you very, very much for tuning in. If you're listening on the podcast, it was wonderful to have you along today. And let me just tell you, as we get ready for a little Club Plus here on YouTube, that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.